I th- I thought like we talked about it'd be cool to follow up um, where my head was at last week with Fast at Friday posts and talk about the side of training that we don't talk about enough, right? I mean, it's important that training science is improving and it's important that we're trying to stay in the front end of what's happening with the science of coaching. And that's, and that's huge. I mean, that's probably at least half of it, but I, I just, I feel like the trend of training and coaching has, has geared so much towards analytics and away from mental training. I'm from, from performance performance training like there's so many more things that need to be unpacked and talked about and man yeah i love that you're reaching out to me about this it's so i mean people need to people need to hear us bang our heads together and and talk about this this stuff you know i think it's you know i think that like you're saying the analytics is huge i've referenced justin williams he was on a podcast i forget exactly which one where he was like getting fast is half of it and then like the physical side. And then the other half is this actual bike racing that goes on. And we are so obsessed within the past five years, like the conversations in the past five years versus the conversations when we both first started bike racing uh, are definitely different because it's all like, what's your FTP? How many Watts can you improve? All these tangible physiological metrics which are great and are reasons why we can take people who are older and help them get better at their training but then there's the bike racing portion and then there's the your own mental game and what do you like the number of people that i've seen with incredible watts that cannot win a cat three bike race blows my mind they just can't put it together and a lot of it is when things get tough they don't believe in themselves they don't know they haven't figured out the game of bike racing. So, yeah, I mean, you're hitting it right on the head. There's so many other aspects. But right now, cycling in the USA is show me the metric that I need to improve and then I'm going to win everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's not even true on a hill climb, you know? Yeah. Like it's just, that's just, there's so much more to it. So, I mean, let's, let's talk about it. I mean, you carry a, a substantial training load you love to ride your bike but beyond that you show up i mean in and like the resume speaks for itself in terms of winning and i think it's just it's worth unpacking some of that a little bit i mean so not even necessarily race day but like what tell me i mean tell me your personal approach to uh, a hard interval session, like how, how does that, let's just start even just with the, your normal, the normal daunting bike ride. Cause I feel like some people walk into a workout and they say, Oh, maybe this got hard. They throw on the towel or that they're set up for a peak performance and they blow it. Like what, what do you, what do you, what tools do you have, you know, just on the tip of your tongue that allow you to show up to the fight? you know, ride after ride, race after race. Yeah. Um, Ride after ride. I think it's definitely experience has helped with this over the years, but um, you know, 
to your point, I think some people show up and they're like, oh, that was hard. And they don't necessarily like I, I get I still get very anxious when I have like a really hard day coming up. Like I wake up and I'm thinking about it from the time I wake up. Like, when am I eating during the day? When is this ride going to happen first off? Like, when can I get this ride done? Um, before when I was selling medical devices, it was like, okay, when is this surgery today? When am I going to get out of the, OR? like, when am I going to be on the bike? So like you're planning because then you need to know when you're going to eat, when you're going to fuel for this, when are you going to go to bed the night before? Like, there's so many things that go into like, cause I want to win. I want to get this W like this matters to me. Um, and so it starts way before I think a lot of athletes even think about it. Like I just get very, I'm so surprised when there's like a nine to fiver that's just like, ah, oh, I just didn't fuel right. Or I didn't, you know, they're just not ready. It, it's just, how are you going to go totally thrash yourself on the bike? If you can't figure out how to prepare for it first, it's. Um, yeah. So you're, you're giving, you're intentionally really th- first, first intentionally thinking about schedule, you know, schedule. And how, how your, how your workout's going to play into your schedule. Yeah. And so, then, uh, so the pre-planning, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And then it's just, you know, it's trying to manage those emotions. Like, you know, if I have, if I have a hard VO2 max day, I get less stressed. I think about the, than those, because like you're going as hard as you can go. And if you don't have, if you don't, you know, those days when you set a PR, I think truly are kind of random. Like I'm more worried at this point of life where if I'm in the zone, like I'm getting physiological adaptation, I'm getting work there. Like I might not totally crush it, but if I get the work done, it's the big picture. Like that's a W. Um, I get more nervous now, I think for like longer stuff, which used to be flip flop because that was really my bread and butter. And I was just so bad at going really hard that now getting better at going really hard has made me more nervous about going long because that was like who I was as a cyclist, like 20 minute, 30 minute, 40 minute efforts. I used to just bang out. But now that I'm trying to get that extra 1%, 2%, like I'm not just growing because I'm riding, like it gives me a little angst and I try to not wait. Like you can easily waste energy just being nervous and mental energy. And I think up into the time I get on the bike, when I finally get on the bike, I'm like, okay, this is just a freaking bike ride. This isn't a test. This isn't like you've got what you've got. You've done everything you possibly can to put your best foot forward. If you totally suck today, well, you should figure out why. Um, but- yeah, so even right even right there, I think something important happens. You kind of just allow yourself. What you, you said is something along the lines of you get on the bike and it's just it's just another bike ride. Just like yeah. th- there, there comes a point from an outside perspective where I feel like you say, all right, well, what's done is done. You've, you know, you've planned, you've prepared, you've done everything you can. And then it's just time, time to go. Tell, is this time oh, to rip? Un- is this time to rip it? Because at unpack that day, more. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, like I think if you're not having workouts where you're like, everyone's more like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. You're not training hard enough. Like that's the, the biggest quote of so many athletes that I've that have had been coached before I've had a big handful be like, man, I got to tell you, 
you make me rest more than I've ever rested before, but holy crap, I've never gone so damn hard in training. Like, and that just really is interesting to me because you, how do you expect to really turn it up on race day and race faster, better people if you're not killing yourself every once in a while? Like, every ride should not be a death march, but there should be some rides that are so hard. And there are those breakthrough days when you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did two of those or five of those or hit that watt or da 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 So so when you're when you when you get into one of these thrasher sessions where where when it and when it gets hard, when it comes to that really pointy part where you're like, OK, I could throw in the towel or I can keep going. Like, where are you thinking are you breathing? Are you, what, where does your, what gets you, what gets you from minute six of that to minute seven to minute eight? How do, how do you, how do you deal with that in the moment? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I definitely think, I remember Jason Hillemar, my first coach being like, you do, you are more consistent and you do more workouts than most people won't do. So I just continue. I tell myself whether it's true or not. I'm like, everybody else is quitting right now. Like they're all throwing in the towel. So if you do this, if you suffer for this next 20 minutes, you're going to be better than them. And I mean, I'm doing this because I want to be my best and I want to try and win some stuff, but it feels good. Even if you're trying things that other people won't do. Um, so because- you have, you have this kind of like internal conversation where you're like, I'm just forge ahead. Yeah. I'm going to be better because of this is really what I think. Like this is going to help me improve because, you know, we all get to interval five and it's like, God, you really got to muster some stuff. Like you've got, you have to head slept so that you are mentally like ready to grit your teeth. Some days you can start a workout and like a VO2 max workout. And I was put in the comments, like, I just did not have it today. Like maybe I got in an argument with someone yesterday, or maybe work was super stressful, or maybe something happened in your family and you're just not there to totally fully commit. It's just not going to happen. And that's okay. That happens. Um, but I think, you know, I chunk out the time to like, if it's a long interval, I'm like just five more minutes, like just get five more minutes in. And if I, totally fall apart at least i went five more minutes and i didn't quit right now and man it's crazy sometimes you get like 25 minutes in and it's like yo i'm i'm actually starting to feel better or like the one thing i still don't necessarily agree with and it's really hard to coach this aspect of like day two of weekend rides i see like somebody you know joey pants rode an hour and a half and he was supposed to go four hours like i just didn't feel great and i went home and i'm like that's really funny because there are days when I ride and it takes two and a half hours until I'm like, Oh, I don't feel really tired right now. And your body like turns over and you just keep going and you crush your ride. And like, I, it's tough. I think part of that is, you know, that, that there's a physical side of that. There's also like, I mean, I I don't know, you you get out and I, I totally know what you're talking about. You know, sometimes it takes two hours to feel like you're rolling. Yeah. And, and and people are like, I don't want to overtrain. And I'm like, you're not going to overtrain from one bike ride. Like you're going to overtrain when you go to the group ride for four weeks in a row and then decide to start training. And now you go train three weeks and you haven't taken a rest week and you take like a crappy three day break instead of a full week. And then you go back at it. Like overtraining is not this acute thing. It's over time. 
yeah. and everyone like now we we just have access to a lot of information and uh man this is a whole other conversation Key, keyword buzz about. searches and oh, and man, i'm not and, gonna yeah i'm not gonna go <laughs> yeah. down that wormhole yeah but but it's amazing people that hold a schedule and right now i would say two of my athletes that hold some of the best schedules are doctors with incredible uh like off the bike crazy life things they continually improve and it's because they are diligent about when they're going to train what they're going to eat and how they're going to sleep like and we're just taking chaos of life out of your training schedule will help you so immensely and and make the training less stressful Um, because it is like when you have my life now being location independent and being able to work at different times of the day because everything's done on a computer is much different than my life for 13 years when I was training was more stressful. I mean, I'm standing in the operating room and I'm like, yo dude, thinking to myself, this guy needs to hurry up because I've got this bike ride scheduled in two hours. And sometimes things go awry. Like you're throwing spinal implants in someone's body. Things don't always go to a T. So like I plan to be there for three hours and now I'm there six hours. And now I'm like running down to the cafeteria because I need to re-eat because I'm riding in three hours. And you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. trying to control those variables without wasting a lot of energy doing it is huge. Um, and it's yeah. tough. It's definitely tough. It's it's tough, but I mean, that's, that's, that's just going to separate harder... people who get better and people who don't. Yeah. I mean, the heart, the, the more challenging a situation is just the more planning needs to happen because the it's like if you if you know what you're getting yourself into and but that that comes down to understanding the details of what you're getting yourself into it doesn't matter if it's a training ride or going to a race or whatever um you know that's you just you need to have the knowledge of what you're doing you know to to know how to handle the situation correctly. That's actually kind of a good transition to race, race day, race day feels race face. So, so I'm thinking like, and I, I brought this up in the fast ad Friday, like you, there's the, there's the crunch time athlete. And then there's the person who's just like on and, and, and that's, there's, there's two, there's two things that I think are critical here is is being when it's when it comes time to know what to do you know when when it's when it when the when your gut says attack you attack you don't wait Mm -hmm. it's it's being able it's knowing how to identify that or allowing that to happen number one and number two keeping yourself in in the game and ready for that moment to happen um so so like you know i was i was thinking of i think i thought of two people uh Mikhail Kwiatkowski, because he's just got that poker face, and a non-cyclist, Michael Jordan. And it's funny because you were just talking about uh, that Jordan documentary, and we even watched. We were up at the farm. We watched an episode of that, and it just made me think. Like, okay, yeah, fine. This it's it's one thing to be a really brilliant athlete. It's another thing to be that brilliant athlete that somehow manages to get that winning shot on the main stage and the biggest event over and over and over. And, and there's something happening there that they know they can access that. And, um, and when I was, uh, you know, when I was studying 
Horn uh, at U of M when I went back to school, one of my, my teacher mentor gave me this mental toughness training book and, and this opening uh, preface kind of, it, it attempted to describe that feeling that, you know, where like all of a sudden you're not trying and everything is how it's supposed to be. And your left foot goes exactly where it's supposed to. And, and it's a sport comparison, but it, it totally, it was all about the audition flow. And it was, there was a ton of transfers for, uh, for music, but, but in the cycling world, I mean, that's, that's, you know, everybody's had those experiences. So, I mean, tell me, tell me about from, from your perspective, like, you, you start a race and it's all, you know, it's all standard operating procedure. You stay calm, but like those moments, like how, what happens to you in that moment? Cause you know, you got the killer. Everybody would say that. What, when that turns on, what, what, what is happening there? Yeah, man, there's a lot in that. And I think uh, if people haven't seen the fast ad Friday, they should go back and watch. That. I really like, the book recommendation and you're talking about, you know, having a routine and, you know, the Michael Jordan documentary. Um, I kind of hate watching TV these days, but it was so good. I got hooked on it and all his stuff is not only he he's obviously a clutch player, but it's all his preparation and his like his drive to get better and to be accountable to the people around him and vice versa, ha- trying to hold people accountable um, I think plays more into it than what happens when, you know, that that moment in the race is because if you're not it, going in the race, like the routine so that you get to the start line and it's like every other start line. And, you know, I think um, the, there have been times when I usually do my own thing. Uh, there have been times when I've ridden with other people or I warm up as like a guest rider on a team, I've had really bad performances. And so it's just to the point where like, even when I went down to South Florida, I met up with those dudes and like, I warm up a very specific way for every type of race. And so I was like, yo, I don't mean to be rude. I've got this thing I got to do. I'm going to go do it. And they're like, cool, we'll ride with you. And I, I do ride harder than most people do for warm up. And I like started riding and there's like five guys lagging behind me. And I was like, screw it. I'm just doing my, like, I gave them a heads up. I'm doing my thing. You don't want to ride at this pace. I need to get warmed up how I, how it makes me feel good. Like, so that you get there and your legs are like, let's go. Because in my mind, and as, you know, you talk to more like cat fours and fives. And we went over this in one of the cat four questions, like younger or newer bike racers mentally prepare too much of a game plan and they don't let the race unfold. Like it's just not possible to plan this race. And you're planning on how you're going to feel good by doing your routine and, and they're planning when beginners are planning (laughs) at what mile marker am I going to do four extra pedal strokes so that I can like jump to wheel number three from wheel number six. And, and we're not (laughs) doing anything until three laps in and, and at mile 46.7, the breaks happening. And this weekend, Sammy's in the break. It's like, dude, what just doesn't, just doesn't play out that way. So I think the, um, 
one of the best things that ever happened to me was one of my first huge, I mean, it was the biggest race in North America for a long time, Tour Battenkill, uh, doing the Pro 1 race. It was my, so I got my Cat 1 at the very end of my second seasons and was able to go race with Ted King when he came back for Green Mountain Stage Race. It was incredible to watch him, like, in the Peloton and try and, like, learn how he's thinking about this race and so anyone from the northeast or maybe even the midwest knows that bat and kill was the race the weird thing was it was in the very beginning of april so it was like you needed to be race ripping in march if you wanted to win this thing and uh it was my first you know my second cat one race um pro teams were actually limited to three riders but you look through the start list of 150 guys like Bobby Lee, Robin Carpenter, um, uh, Andrew McCullough was there on a Canadian team. Um, the Garneau team, uh, Jesse Anthony. And it was just like, I was standing on the start line. So nervous. Just like, Oh my God, what am I doing here with these people? Like I do not belong here. And uh, Brian Cardona, from Genesee Valley Cycling Club had done maybe a master's race before. And he was like on the barrier. And he's like, yo B he's like, you got this dude. You've done all the training. And it was like the biggest weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go race. Like no one knows who we are. No one expects anything. And it was the best thing ever because then you let those race feels happen. And it was like, Jesse was uh, Jesse Anthony went up the road early and we're coming up one of these dirt climbs and it's just like there's just a lull like people were you know we're maybe i don't know 40 miles from the finish 35 miles from the finish and i was like screw it like i'm just gonna throw it down and so i attacked and went with brett tivers and eventually brett did drop me and he caught jesse and won but i came in third and couldn't believe it and that experience of not letting myself be or I was intimidated letting myself race as if we all put the shorts on the same way was like a mental breakthrough that I looking back on was so valuable because I didn't really, I respected everybody. And I always go to a race and you should always respect the people you don't know. Cause they might be way better than you, but I don't fear people. It's just, I respect that you could be and probably are a really good bike racer. So I'm just going to try and outthink you and I'm going to try to, you know, find a way to win the race. And that at that moment, you know, we've been at races where like guys like Steven Bassett will be there. Or when I was, I think maybe a cat too, like uh, Timmerman came back to road racing and he was a big threat. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and uh, instead of being going to the race, being like, oh God, this person's here. It was, how do we beat them? How do well, we use numbers or how do we attack them? Um, you know, I think back yeah. to Ryan Roth was coming back from an injury and he was on silver pro cycling and he came to Bristol mountain and we were all like, Oh my God, Ryan Roth is here. Like, and instead of being like the race is over, which I swear to God, I think 90% of cyclists do. They're like, Oh, this person's here. I can't beat them. We were like, okay, game plan totally changed this just went from amateur bike race to like d dude one canadian national time trial so, pro cycle that's, 
Like, I, so that's such a, it's such a natural reaction to say, okay, I showed up, I'm ready. Then somebody you look up to or read about or whatever, they show up and you're like, I don't stand a chance. Yeah. And you can't, and, and that, because you're there, to, you can't, you're, no, there you, to, you're there to race. And... But that's like such a natural inclination. But I, I think even just to back up to highlight that experience with Cardona, you know, I, I know Brian pretty well too. And, but that, that, unknowingly to you you had this probably life-altering experience just by that interaction he he showed you the like that you can just shift your focus a little bit and then all of a sudden everything you have you're seeing it through a totally different lens yeah i think that's that's the that's so so critical because that all of a sudden it, it puts you into this mindset of just thinking okay well you know what? I have trained. I've trained my face off and I am prepared and whatever happens is going to happen. But you had done the work and you allowed yourself to just kind of go. And then because you were in that sort of different place, you know, that other critical moment happened when you just thought, you know what? This is a good time. I'm I'm riding up to that. And you wrote and you didn't think about it. You just said, I'm going on this hill and, and you didn't think, well, what if I go on this hill? This is not the right, you know, those, those two just like so, so important aspects of, of like how you start an event and then allowing the event to happen. I mean, and, and that's just, that's, that's so critical. I feel like you, anytime there's like a, especially like a, something that you really were proud of or excited about there, there's going to be those two, moments and i think you got to listen to that voice that's like go now if you start to question it and wonder and you start to calculate well what happens if i go now all that you should have been thinking of all of that beforehand like you know without getting verbose on this topic but it's like a huge basic strat simple strategy to follow like when people say i got boxed in i always tell people you did not get boxed in you boxed yourself in because if you start to see a point in a race where you cannot go and move or attack or do whatever, you're in a bad spot. You need to be thinking about moving. And so like, as you're coming to a hill, you need to be thinking like who might be going off the front right now, who might be attacking, what teams are here, or are you in a bunch of solo riders? Who's, you know, who's look good. Where do you want to be positioned and moving around? And then so that when the time comes and something says, go now, you've already calculated that like, this is a good or bad time, you know? Cause sometimes it's like, go now. And you're like, nah, I should wait because we're going to hit this downhill, this downhill and it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, a bad, bad time, time to attack. When the little voice is telling you to go, you should have already been having like race strategy conversations with yourself of understanding who might be trying to get up the road, who's already up the road, like the whole scenario of what's playing out so that when that sixth sense is like, this is your time to go. Um, what does go mean? Does it mean go f- like bridge to the break? Did, or is it earlier on? And you're trying to start a break or um, are you trying to split the group a little bit? Like maybe it, it's just little little mini races within the race and you're kind of just getting up the road with different goals. Like the the goal of the race is not always just cross the finish line first. It's like, okay, 
we need to get rid of this person or, you know, even a more basic thing. It's like, if it's a one, two, three race, it's like, okay, we need to get rid of a lot of these threes because they're just in the way. Like, let's, let's do some work to then let the race start and happen later. Um, so you got to listen to that voice. And then when it, you know, comes game time, you just feel ready to give whatever you have for that effort. And, um, I think a lot of people don't even let themselves go through that whole process because once you get down to a certain point of like, there are 10 guys left, you got to roll the dice sometimes and be willing to lose if you want to win. And a lot of people are happy with like, I got seventh. It's like, but you could have won. Like you got all the way down to 10 guys left and you just wanted to like be reactive and let other people beat you up. Yeah, roll Um, the pack. Like, yeah, I'd send I'd it rather, and go out the back. Something. I'd rather try for first and get blown out the back than hang out for sixth. Because guess what? Nobody remembers sixth. And, uh, you know, to be honest, six years down the road, no one's going to remember first. Um, yeah. But you will remember that amazing feeling when you won and you're racing for yourself. Like, we could go on a way deeper chat about you know like the just ourselves and as humans and you know what do things mean down the road like these palmares do they actually mean anything but i think it's um go for the win race for the win there's there's no other reason so to so you would say you would say simply by even saying to yourself i'm racing for the win every time that's gonna give you that's that allows a different level of mental toughness yeah because you know i think it's uh you know we went to that crit where johnny brown showed up and he rode down so i was like yo dude i don't care what conti pro guy comes down here this dude just rode 45 miles we're gonna when it comes game time at the end of this crit we're going and uh you know, Stephen Bassett was just coming back off an injury. So, like, that dude is a freak, like, amazing athlete and super nice guy. But, like, when he got there, we're both like, dude, he's just getting back into the groove. Like, we can take him. And I think other people look at everything they've done before. And that's the thing you got to remember about endurance sports. Like, everyone's not on their 100% A game at every race. So, like, mm-hmm. everyone else is like, oh, my God, Johnny Brown's here. And Stephen Bassett's here. And da 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 And I'm like, dude, we're about to whoop their ass. And that was the biggest thing. That was, like, the best, uh, like, I felt amazing. We rode as a team. We only had the two of us. You got the W. And I came in third, being able – once you were up the road, I didn't have to do anything. Then got to attack those guys uh, later in the race. And Johnny Brown's Strava title was DNA Racing putting on a clinic, like a skills clinic or something. And it was just, like, uh, the dude understood, like, okay – if there's two pretty good cat ones and there's one Conti pro, the two cat ones should win. Um, it, you know, it's, if you're a cat one cyclist, you're pretty fast at riding a bike. Pros are definitely faster, but you know, world tour pros are very different than Conti pros. So you just got to remember, like, it's just another human being that pedals a bike a lot, but there's two of you. So, yeah, humanize humanize the situation. Race for the race your 
race all out for you, whatever that's going to be. If you, if you just allow yourself to do that, I mean, maybe you won't win, but you'll have a, your best possible performance, which isn't that the goal anyway. And then, you know, you're, you're going to have, if you have your best possible performance and you race smart, then you will get the win. Yeah. Like, you know, you have, but you have to give yourself the opportunity to elite, to, to have, to go all out. I, I, I definitely see guys miss that, you know, when, when they ride better in training than they do in racing, I'm like, how did that? And they're, well, I thought I was going to blow or I started to hit, have a cramp come on or I looked like, at my heart rate monitor. Dude, yeah, like, yeah. I just want to rip, I'm going to throw your heart rate monitor out. Um, and the, other, yeah, the so, other piece of that too, of like racing faster people, you still got to, you still want to race for the win. You don't want to race to not let them win. Um, because if you do that, you're not getting a positive result and it usually will backfire. Um, which is something that also happens. Like, you know, you're also trying to, you want to gain the respect of the faster people. Like Johnny Brown was like, yo, you guys just worked us. And he wasn't mad about it. He would do the same thing if he had, you know, a teammate there as well. But you sometimes go to these races and you see people only follow one person or they like, they only do things that don't improve their team's hand of cards, but try to make another guy's worse. And then other people win. And then it's like, yo, what, why you're racing? So I don't win, but you're not winning. Like, I don't understand that. And that is how you don't make friends in cycling. And everyone needs to remember you race the same people over and over again. So you're trying, you should be a diplomat on the bike. You should be wanting to make friends. No one wants to be on the douchey team that doesn't understand how the race works. Um, And sometimes that's just lack of education and lack of leadership, but that's something that new cyclists need to be aware of. Like uh, I told one guy, I went out before COVID and was on a group ride and he was a newer rider that couldn't do the work that was required to bridge. We had, there's like eight hot spots on this ride. It was actually super fun with 901 racing in Memphis and he was looking pretty gassed, but the way he told me, no, I'm not pulling through afterwards. I said, Hey, are you open to constructive criticism? And he's like, definitely dude. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, so when you, we were out there, you're looking at me saying, I'm not going to pull. What you need to say is like, dude, I can't, I'm, I'm about to explode. And then I'm going to be like, cool. You're not a threat to me any longer. Follow me and we'll go. As opposed to you telling me I'm not pulling through. I said, okay. And I left and bridged by myself. Like he did not make a friend that day. It, it or could have, you know, not made a friend that day. If it was a race, and I never see the guy again until the next race. I'm like, yo, that's the dude that won't work. But we, I was like, hey, so just FYI, like, as you continue to do this and if you get into racing, like you just want the other person to know why you're not working or why you're not contributing, not just saying I'm not going to work. It's like, you know, it's like life. Like, how are you going to communicate with people? And then it, that's the crazy thing about a bike race. How are you going to communicate with people when your eyes are popping out of your head? Like, you still got to be smart and do the right thing to be a diplomat. So kind of on a tangent there but now we tangent a little bit but i mean it's it's important for people to understand the dynamic of things and that, this it's, dyna- it's worth, it goes to what you it's said worth before. unpacking 
the dynamic of racing, that type of thing matters, but it's not watt based, VO2 max based, FTP based. It's like, how do you talk to people? Like, are you the dude that barks at everybody in the break? No one likes you. Go away. We're not going to want to get in a break with you. We're not going to work with you. Like, is, yeah. Well, or even and to, to the topic, is that guy barking and saying, I'm not pulling? Is where is his, his head game is not dialed. Like, there's, there's, there's issues there. You know, there's, there's a ton of room for improvement there. Yeah. So, um, last, last thing I, I want to just, do a back and forth with so you, you know you when you see you see that the the guy who's just like head bobbing left to right slobber coming out of his mouth and then just just losing his mind with effort he's he's working so hard and then you see the mikhail kwiatkowski who's poker face or you i mean if you're driving you're attacking you know like how, you don't see a picture. You don't see a picture of any athlete. You, Kwiatkowski, any anybody that's going up the road. And what is their face? Their face is still and tranquil, and their mouth is open and they're focused like that. I feel like that physical representation of what you're doing internally is is pretty powerful. Um, and you know, so I'm. I, I guess. Uh, I guess. My point is like, do you do you consciously try to like put a relaxation over yourself when you're in an effort, or is it just something that happens automatically? Like, I think yeah, I think I mean, focus, pain, success. That's my personal tagline. And it's like you know, you're if I'm hunting somebody down and they're two minutes up the road, like. I need to figure out a way to go faster and being frantic and all over the bike. Well, number one, you're not arrow. Number two, you're not using your energy in the right way. Um, you know, it's, it's not who pedals as much as I love burning mega jewels. It's not who pedals the most mega jewels during the bike race. It's who pedals the hardest when it really counts. Like, so how are you going to conserve and, the breathing is huge, like plug for AeroFit, who's helped me understand the importance of this. I mean, I've done VO2 max intervals now, or and I shouldn't say VO2 max, when I'm doing like hard threshold stuff and I'm able to control my breathing better, there have been times, it was actually the first time it happened, I was, I was still riding north of Memphis. So this was probably in like December or maybe right before Southland actually when I was doing a lot of FTP stuff. So November. And I remember like going really, I, I was like, I'm going fast. I'm going really hard right now. But my breathing was so controlled and it was like a new level of focus for me. And I think that that is, you know, that's practice. That's practicing breathing, you know, 10 minutes a day. Um, and I think just having composure of, like the as corny as it sounds like the mission at hand but that's sort of like what there's all these little like missions that you have to accomplish to figure out a way to be first in a bike race um yeah but i mean, I mean that's that's huge that's 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 though so that's so seemingly minute but but really really important for somebody who's not done this as much like there's lots of teeny little missions that's a really great way of thinking about it that i mean like, if you and i think <laughs> This this 
this podcast there should be a part two because like i mean i think the tangents are important because like i think if people saw my watts per kilogram power profile they'd be like how the hell have you won all these races well number one i've had amazing teammates yourself vodzik dave andrew like people that i've raced with that because of how we race as a team i end up being the first one over the line but we all contributed to it um so that's a huge other aspect of like how does the team actually race as a team you know i was really lucky to race with people that wanted the team to win and just the way i race a lot of times it happened to be me but the other thing is like just having some confidence in yourself and the fact that it's so easy for us to all forget like if you're going out and you're training 12 hours during the week that's a lot of time and people now see these huge rides i do and they think that like You know, I've got an athlete that was in her third season and she's, you know, going out and doing like a 22 hour week. I'm like, yo, you're kind of riding a little bit much. She's like, but I see you do all these 20 hour weeks. And I'm like, I have 115,000 miles in the legs. You haven't cracked 30. Like if I, I actually want to do a post of like looking back at my first three years of cycling, I was doing like eight, 10, 12 hours, 12, like 15 was a mega week. And that was one thing to connect all the way back to like Brett Tivers when he won Batten kill and he rode away from me and I gave everything I possibly had. And at the end of the race, I was like, God, I just, I'm just not on that level. I realized, you know, there was no Strava then. we weren't, no one knew what everyone else was doing. Um, when his teammate got popped for doping, Obviously, everyone looked around at him because he was the best cyclist and he was from New Zealand. So it was kind of like this guy's come over here. He's trying to go pro, da, da, da. And he, I forget what, how we crossed paths in a conversation. He's like, dude, that hurt so much when people pointed the finger at me when I was living in Quebec City doing 20 plus hour weeks all freaking winter. Like my teammate really made it hard on me. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this dude's ridden 20 hours in a week. Like that was just crazy to me um and so you don't back to the point like if you're training 12 hours a week that is a lot of training and if you're doing quality training and doing it the right way you're setting yourself up to put your best foot forward that's when you need to go to the race and just be like i've done everything possible if there's someone faster here okay so be it can i outsmart them somehow can i you know, like there, there's still a way to win. Yeah, there's, Plus, there's, there's a lot of luck, and you need like just the stars to align. It's we'll we'll do and we'll do follow. I mean, this is all it all it's all connected because there's all we're all just we're trying to unpack the many pieces that it is to be a whole athlete to be a whole competitor. But you know, I mean, we'll revisit that. But even you know, you're saying you have to know you can win, like you we're talking about pre-race routine and in, in a next in a future episode. But I mean, yeah. even like we, what do we, we walk around the hotel room and you're like, all right, we're going to win. I mean, this is, it's not even a joke. It's like rating cereal and crushing carbs. And we're like, all I'm right, off the, I'm, I'm, I'm off the I'm, cereal dog. I'm, I'm pretty. Oh, good. Good for you. Good, that's right. That's right. But I mean, my point is like, is like, are we full? Yup. Are we carved up? Yup. Yep. Are we going to win? Yup. Yup. I mean, show dude, up like let's pick the playlist let's show up to the start line like that that's all 
getting the mojo dialed. Like that's that you, you can't put a metric on that, but that is that's part of having a winning mindset. I mean, and the mindset is I last last thought. Do Hold it. On. I look thirty back seconds. At- I look back at gravel worlds. The first time we did it, it was, we just, I got my gravel bike three days before gravel world. So I was a little nervous to like race the bike. I had not ridden it except around in my driveway. And I remember we woke up that morning and I was like, dude, we're going to win. And I had envisioned one of us crossing the line on a gravel bike. I didn't know what the start finish line looked like, but it was us. We were winning. And like afterwards we were like, Oh my God, I can't believe we won that race. Now, fast forward to reality, we totally did not win. And, like, there are some insane athletes there. But, like, why not think of the best possible situation? Like, how incredible of a story would that have been? It was like, yo, these guys got their bikes three days before. They beat Colin Strickland. They beat uh, Matt. I forget his last name. Like, all these just hitters. And it's fun to think that way. Like, think of the positive. Um yeah, bury yourself. And even if you don't necessarily fully believe, like even if the facts don't add up, who cares? Tell yourself, yeah. tell yourself, tell yourself the dream story because the, the only way it happens is by, you. It, it's not just going to happen. You have to have, you have to have dreamed it. You have to have thought it. You have to have put that in your mind somehow. And at the same time, remember that so many athletes get intimidated by the other people that are at the race that they know, like, well, I don't want to go race this because so-and-so is there. And I want to make sure I'm at least in like shape to get in the top 10. If you think that anyone walking on this earth actually cares about what you are doing, you're wrong. We are all so consumed in our own bubble with our own mindset, with our own uh, like list of, of ambitions and whatnot. Oftentimes, even if you're married, like, you need to realize that no one's going to remember your 30th place. They're only concerned with their placing. So like set that aside and don't let other people worry and, and affect your performance. Go give it your best shot. And then if you get 30th, you sit down and say, okay, how could I have gotten 25th? How could awesome. I, you know, and like take steps forward. And my last comment is, I had an athlete get very upset at me with some hard workouts to the point of like, you're setting me up to fail was the comment. And I just realized how uh, I had to get the baby. Got it. Let's uh, we'll finish that thought on the next one. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. Good talking to you, dude. Thanks for reaching out, man. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. See ya.